0: Okay, so um, um, I'm dealing with this situation where you know, um, my living situation is you know changing, and honestly, you know, it, it may look like a lot of things are going on on the outside, but spiritually, we're not making much. I wouldn't say we're not making much progress, I would just say that. It's really not much changing or shifting spiritually as it should be, as it is on the in the physical. And I think that right now, what the agenda may be with a lot of different individuals involved in this situation, is to somehow and you know um, make an impression that things are different just from what it looks like on the outside, as a, as opposed to what is going on truly and you know, truthfully, spiritually. And that's something I've been battling since the beginning of this process. When the Lord sent me here, you know, he had shown me a king on a throne of trash. He had shown me an entire, you know, body of people that were feasting on each other's brains. They were eating each other alive. They were, you know, so poor that they were eating feces in the spirit, eating eating their own feces and drinking their own pee. They were, um... Hiding in the darkness from Satan behind in the most, you know, the most, you know, heartbreaking places. They were just trying to get away from the torture and the torment of Satan because of the sin that they participated in. But on the outside, it looked like, you know, these individuals are big and famous millionaires in these mansions and um, that they were doing very well. And, you know, the Lord has been working very hard through me in order to you know, expose these different things so that we can wake up and we can take a real, a clearer look so we can be given a sight to see what, you know, what we are, what what spiritual position we are truly in. Because a lot of us, we really are so lost. We really are buried so far up underneath the rubble and the dirt and the trash of our world that's been burned to pieces by these, you know, principalities and powers of darkness that have, You know, exerted control, false sense of power over us because of us choosing to not abide by the Bible, not abide by the doctrine and not live the way that we are intended to live in God's name. And so right now, you know, there are different individuals that that seek to tear this whole entire operation down where they're saying, I don't want to do the work. I don't want to be made whole spiritually. I don't want to be I don't want to reach true fulfillment in God. I don't want to be what the Lord has called me to be. What I want to do is I just want to keep pretending. I want to put the, the the um I want to pull the wool back over people's eyes so I can look like I'm really living in this mansion again. So I can look like I'm really doing very well again. So I can look like, you know, I'm worth all this money and all these different things. But spiritually, behind everything, we go back to eating each other alive that's what they want to happen again they want to they rather live in that reality and it just reminds me of in um isaiah and isaiah it speaks about how when the lord freed us we um we complain we complained and uh We were never grateful. We would oftentimes cheat on the Lord because the Lord remains faithful to us. Israel is God's wife. We would oftentimes cheat on the Lord. And he called us, he called Israel, us, our entire community, promiscuous prostitutes, where we sell ourselves off to these false gods and promise of, you know, these different, you know, in return for these different promises, which these false gods can never provide for us. And, um, what we end up looking like is we end up not, we end up with nothing. We end up in the rubble. We end up, you know, so dirt poor that we have to eat our own feces and drink our own pee, you know, in order to sustain, in order for sustenance. And on the outside, we're making, we're putting on this show. We're wearing all this jewelry, this gold, these hair weaves, this luxurious clothing. And we're trying to make it look as if we're doing really well. You know, spiritually, we are in the worst places possible, and we are plagued by the curses from not keeping our promises. When the Lord freed us from Pharaoh, 40 years in the wilderness, and we were begging to go back to slavery, even though Pharaoh was one of the worst rulers to have ever ruled over the world, he killed our people Our boys, our baby boys under the age of two, each and every single last one of us because he was afraid of us multiplying to a number where we could strike back and raise up and rise up and take over his wicked rule. He doubled our workload in half the time. We suffered brutally and for 400 years we cried out to the Lord, Lord, please free us, please save us, please do something to help us. We can't continue on like this then when the Lord showed his power, proved his power and freed us in 40 years, after 400 years of that heavy hand, in 40 years, we were begging to go back saying, at least Pharaoh fed us three meals a day. You know, at least we have food and water. We'd rather be, in, we'd rather be slaves and chains than, than, than come out here and die in the wilderness. What was the point of freeing us if he was going to send us out in the wilderness to die? We had no faith in God, though he had done the impossible. He had freed us from Pharaoh, someone who was hard hearted, who would have never let us go. He had shown his power in such a way. And I just can't, you know, get past five years ago. I started asking the Lord, Lord, who am I? Where do I come from? You know, I know that we don't originate as slaves. You've been telling me that since. The like 7th, 6th, 7th grade, when they were teaching me about slavery and where black people come from, you've been telling me that's not the whole story. So where do I come from? The Lord started leading me and guiding me to information. And as I picked up on this information, he said, soak up all the information while you can because there's going to come a time where you're not even going to be able to learn. And he was speaking on this time right now. Right now, I cannot read anything but the Bible. I cannot learn anything right now. I cannot retain any information because Satan is, you know, attacking me on such a level. He doesn't want me to learn anything. He doesn't want me to grow in any way. He doesn't want me to be left in peace to learn anything. So the Lord helped me to learn everything I would need to know all the way up until this point. And, um... I went to the Lord in prayer after he had revealed a lot of this information to me. And I said to him, Lord, please give us another chance. Give us another chance to keep our promise to you. We are not the people we used to be. You don't know that we will do the things that our ancestors had done. You don't know that we will do what the Israelites before us for us have done. You have to give us an opportunity so that this curse may be removed and we may keep our promise to you. Maybe we will keep our promise to you this time. The Lord said to me, what you need to know is that y'all are the same people y'all have always been. Don't be so sure to assume that you would do differently than they did because we are the same people we've always been. But he said concerning, you know, restoring the promise, he said he'll think about it, it's it's a maybe. Because he said it pains him ten times more than it pains us to see us suffering in this way, to see us... Under, you know, such heavy hands of dark spirits and dark leadership and that um. he loves us so much. He wants to give us another chance, but he is still hurt by the fact the first time around, we didn't keep our promise. He kept his promise. We never keep our promise. And, you know, he's still hurt by that. And so he said he understands that it's difficult for us to keep our promise to him until he removes the curse because we are cursed for not keeping our promise. But he said also at the same time, he did that before and we didn't keep our promise. So he said he would think about it. And I think that this has become the process of that, of him maybe, you know, making efforts towards giving us another chance to keep our promise. And so what pains me every day is when I look at this situation, I realize he is never wrong. He's always right. And we are the same people we've always been. we're doing the same thing that, you know, the Israelites did when they were free from Pharaoh. We're begging to go back into slavery because we're saying, you know, at least we ate three meals a day. At least we did this. At least we had that. We had nothing. We begged for 400 years for him to release us. And when he finally released us, we complained and we groaned after just, you know, just a small amount of suffering or struggling and he he promised that he had us but we didn't trust him we ran the false gods we didn't know what to do with freedom we're doing the same thing look at us right now he's doing and making so much effort in order for us to make progress and he's doing everything that he can to wake us up and break these curses off of us and we'd rather be hiding behind this appearance of looking like we have money and looking like we're doing well instead of actually doing it and in the spirit we go back to feasting off of each other eating each other alive that's what we truly are we are who we are spiritually we are the same people we've always been We're running back to false gods. We're denying God's power even after all that he's done. After everything that the Lord has done in this situation, I can no longer deny his power. But I understand that he's not just talking about them. He's talking about me. That's me included. So in a way, I am also running back to different things he has freed me from. And so I am just as much guilty as everybody else. I am not the exception, though. I am being used as a vessel and oftentimes being kept and I'm fighting so hard and I want nothing more for us to do things the right way and for us to be free completely and for us to live, you know, awake under God, under our open heaven, knowing the Lord and consulting directly with him as the holy nation that we were born to be, the chosen nation, to keep our promise and to be everything we're called to be, coming out of these lifestyles completely and forever. I want nothing more than that, but... I am not being a hundred percent obedient to God. I'm not doing all that He's called me to do, so how can I say that? And you know my actions aren't speaking for my speaking for me. You know you can't just say it, you have to do it, so I understand the Lord's frustration with us right now. I was on my way to the store, and I was just in a way repeating the same cycles that He's been working hard to try and get me to see. He just warns me over and over and over and over again. I start to ignore him and I felt his anger. He was angry. And, you know, I understand that. I do understand that, but do I? Because if I truly understood, wouldn't I do everything that I was called to do? You know, I know that nobody could truly understand the position that I'm in right now. You know, I fought so hard for this and I wanted this more than anything. And, you know, it feels that the people that I was fighting fighting for fought me on it so hard. And they still are every single day. They're fighting me very hard on this. They, it's as if they don't want this to happen. They don't want to go in this direction. They don't want to keep the promise to God. They don't want to submit to the Lord's will. They believe that his rules are unfair or, you know, unrealistic or just not, you know, not, not doable. They believe that who can really live like that? Who, you know, the women say, who could be a submissive woman? And the men say, who could, you know, follow all of these rules, you know? And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And I say it's frustrating to me, but it's most frustrating to the Lord. You know, we are the same people we've always been. And then it it rises the question, will we ever change? Will we ever keep the promise to God? Will we ever keep our promises we always break our promises. He's never broken a promise not once, so you know, then you have to entertain the idea that we're always crying and saying, "Well, he hasn't why does he allow all this you know horrible things to happen in the world, and the Lord doesn't always answer my prayers and it feels that when I need him, he's not there. It's our own fault because when He needs us, we're not there. We're not doing what we need to do. We want something for nothing. We want something for nothing. We want the Lord to do everything for us, but we don't want to have to do anything in return. We want to be able to do whatever we want. We don't know what to do with freedom, which is why we're always enslaved. Right now, it's mental slavery. We used to physically be in chains along with our mental. Right now, we are mentally chained. And some people will say it's worse. There's no difference. We're still enslaved. I'm frustrated with it because... Yes, I still want that. I still want that. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not always being everything that I can be. Though I'm not privy to the fact that there are different individuals fighting me constantly to see to it that I never reach the the levels that the Lord wants to call me to in order to truly be use me as a vessel, as his voice to wake our people up and to guide us and lead us correctly. He's given me wisdom in order to lead his people correctly. There are different individuals who want to take this away from me. And why would you ever want to interfere with God's will? He didn't give you wisdom. He gave me wisdom. He didn't choose you as this vessel. He chose me as this vessel. You are not the one that he told that reminds him of Solomon, that's me that he said that, so why would you want to air, interfere with God's will and say, "Well, I don't think that that's the right leader for us. We want this one. Not forgetting that we had God as you know our leader. We have God as our leader. We are the only nation that deals with God directly, directly. In the Bible, it says that we speak to the Lord personally. And we are the only nation that does that. We are supposed to set an example for the rest of the other nations. We are supposed to be the leading nation. But we can't set an example when we're not being the people we are called to be. And then, you know, not to mention, you know, not to mention that um, we're just hard-necked and we're stubborn And it seems that, you know, as creative as the Lord is, as much as he, you know, reprimands us, as much as he hands us over to our sin, as much as he, you know, he shows us that the direction that we're going in does not benefit benefit us in any way. We still run back in that direction time after time after time again after he saves us. And it's like over and over and over and over again. If you are a teacher or a parent, then you know what this is like. When you tell your child to do something, your child just keeps doing the same thing. And you tell them over and over again, every day, all the time, the same thing to do, to do what it is that you ask them to do. It can be as simple as homework. Whatever it is that you tell them to do, eventually you start to get frustrated with them because they are not just being obedient, whether they understand Those directions are not just do what I ask you to do. You may not fully understand why it's necessary for you to do this, but you need to just do it. You should know. And that's how God feels with us. We're all his children. But over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, he tells us he tells us what to do. He tells us go in this direction. He tells us to abide by him. He forgives us. He's patient with us. He's slow to anger. He loves us. And we just run back over and over and over and over again. So I see that's what we're doing. And even I'm at this point so extremely tired and exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And I I feel the guilt of being exhausted because the Lord has been dealing with us for so long. And, of course, he's exhausted. So who am I to get exhausted after just a short period of time of dealing with this? But it's exhausting. We are exhausting. We're exhausting. It's like we can make progress and make progress and make progress. We'll make the smallest amount of progress. And then we'll try to jump back and tear it down so much more. Then we have to clean up that progress. Then we're only taking baby steps towards... Excuse me. We have to clean up whatever it is we tore down. We're only taking baby steps towards progress. It's it's exhausting. I'm exhausted at this point. And. Right now, I feel like different individuals—they are feeling as if they have the, you know, right to to speak concerning what I am not doing, or who I am not being, or what I feel, what I should be doing, or how much I should be, you know, um, on top of, and what I'm, what I'm letting go, and why I'm not, you know, tending to every single last thing all the time. When we are just being so exhausting, we were such exhausting people, how we run back time and, time and time and time and time and time and time again. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. So just imagine where God is with us. When He's been dealing with this for so much, so much longer. But I understand it. I get it. He's showing me. He's showing me. Instead of just telling me, He's already told me. The reason why we're in the positions that we're in. The reason why things end up the way that it ends up. The reason why we're handed over to our sin time and time again. But now he's showing me what it's like. He's showing me what it's like when he uses me as a vessel to try and wake our people up and try to get our people to what we need to do and fight hard to be everything that our people need to get us to make progress and what it's like for us to turn back time and time and time and time again to make you feel like you want to give up every single second of every day. That's what we are doing. It's not funny. It's not entertaining. It's not okay. We can't complain to God when babies are dying. We can't complain to God when there's rape and murder and, you know, all kinds of unfair tragedies like cancer and, you know, any type of disease that takes your people before it's their time. We can't complain to him about these things when these are, this is the type of people that we're being. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. So I'm tired, and inside I'm crying so hard. I'm crying so hard because I'm trying. I'm really trying. But there's so many different levels to this. There are sides of there are the sides of things where people just don't want to believe. They don't want to understand. They're hiding out from God. There's the sides of things where the people who claim they understand. They don't plan on actually doing the work to truly, fully understand, to truly be all they're called to be. There are the size of things of the people who believe that they are, you know, the leaders, they're they're, you know, being examples of leadership, but they are not living fully in a Christ like manner. They're being judgmental. They're interfering with God's will. They're very much like the Pharisees and the scribes that deny Jesus Christ Himself, the Son of God. Who are you to deny me? in the position that the Lord has given to me because you don't agree with it. The Lord said to them, if you knew my father, then you, if you know me, if you knew my father, then you would know me. But since you do not know him, you do not know who I am. Your father is Satan. You are the synagogue of Satan. These different individuals that pretend as if they are abiding by God's will are very much like the Pharisees and scribes that said that they were Moses' disciples. Even Moses, before he died, he told us everything that was going to happen. He prophesied everything that was going to happen in our nations. But even towards the end, after prophesying everything that we would have to do, everything that we would have to keep up with, and everything that we would have to follow, he still said, but I know that you're not going to do it. I know that you're not going to follow these rules. I know that you're not going to keep these promises. I know that you're going to turn right back to the sin that we've been working so hard to be pulled out of. The moment I die, the moment I leave this planet, the moment I leave this earth, Moses was, I believe, 800 to 900 years old. We had him for about 800 to 900 years. The moment he left, the moment he died, we turned back to the sin. We forgot everything Moses had shown us out of everything that had happened. We turned right back, and that's exactly what Moses prophesied. We are the same people we've always been. Will we ever keep our promise? Will we ever truly make progress? Will we ever wake up? This is something that the Lord has promised me will happen. But this is where we are right now. Even after all of this work, all of this pain, all of this torture, all of this torment that we've been going through. And guess I get it's only been two years. But two years of this it was like 2000 after everything that we've been going through we run right back in two months in two months we're running back we're full of sin We're, we're trying to drag we're trying to drag these things completely back we're crying because things won't be what they once were as wicked and as full of sin and as you know reprobated and as you know As heartbreaking as it once was when the Lord cleans us up and he cleans it up, he cleans certain things up to the point we will never be the same again. We're crying because those things can't go back to how wicked they were. Like what? And it's like this falls on deaf ears and different individuals, they seek to keep me out of the position that the Lord has for me. They won't have succeeded. That is their consequence for what they are doing. The consequence for everything that they are doing to keep me out of the position that the Lord has destined for me to be in is the fact that they will not succeed in that. But that doesn't change the fact that we tear down progress. We're tearing down all that God has built and we're building things up for these false gods again. We're tearing down all the temples, all the things that is made in and under the Lord. And we are building up temples and building up things for these false gods again. We're doing this in two months' time. Just like when Moses went on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments from the Lord. In that short period of time, we had built up a false God and we started to worship it with the very things that the Lord had granted us upon our freedom. With the freedom he granted us. (sighs) It's sad. It's so sad. And yes, I have to take responsibility. I have to take accountability for what I'm not doing as well. But I also want to add, because it seems as if I'm taking so much. I'm trying to do everything I can to to reiterate that I need to take accountability. But this entire time, I've never lost sight of. What I really hope these things to be. And I know that it's not by my power. So since the beginning of time, it's only about me hoping, having hope and having faith and never doubting God and trusting that it can one day come to this point. Trusting in his truth. So it's not about what I can do. It's about me not losing hope in that, And I haven't lost hope in that. I want that still. I, mean, I would never not want that. So, why does it, you know, it's difficult. I can't even say why. You know, the many reasons that I hear why, the answers to the why is so wicked. Well, just because I want to do this, and just because I want to do that, and just because I want to hang out here, and I don't want to do that. It's not cool. It's not fun. It's not, I don't feel free. I feel like I'm in chains doing that as opposed to feeling like I'm in chains doing this. You're in chains. You're in change, you're truly free with God. It's frustrating. It's frustrating and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, I spend way too many days, way too many nights, way too many mornings, way too many hours crying about this, just crying, wallowing in depression because we're not changing. This is so difficult. It's extremely difficult. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We've never kept our promise. Will we keep it now? Different individuals claim to be on board with this. But then they take opportunities to work with, you know, opposing sides or people who have made themselves enemies or, you know, adversaries to God's word and God's truth and God's way and God's will. To tear me down out of this position, you know, doubting God's perfectness, his perfection and choosing me. He never makes a mistake, you know, and I understand a lot of individuals are going to try and make it seem like, you know, why does it have to be you? Why does it have to be you in this position for this to happen? You know, that these are the same individuals who are trying to play God. You're trying to play God. Don't ask why it has to be me. Don't ask why it has to be me when God has said that it is. It is. It is. So why in a way, no, not even in a way, literally when you're questioning me in position, you're questioning God's perfection. You're questioning, you know, his, you know, perfection, all all of his ways that he never makes a mistake or tells a lie. You're questioning that. You know, and I like to say you will be judged for it, but as I've said, your judgment is that you won't be have been able to keep me out of it regardless of what you are doing. That's your judgment. The Lord has already said that concerning it. I said, Lord, and what is to happen to these individuals that have done all of this and have hurt me, that have caused me so much pain and trouble in order to be in the position that you've called me for? He said, their suffering and their consequence is going to be the fact that they will never have stopped you after all that they've done. It will not keep you from your destiny no matter what. And to imagine that that's the perfect judgment of God, that means that it pains these individuals more than anything just to see me have what God has called me to have and see me be what God has called me to be. It pains these individuals that much that nothing else, no other consequence can compare. That's absolutely ridiculous to me. Because never in my life have I truly felt that way about anybody. No matter how much I feel that I do not like you, I don't like your ways. It's never been in my best interest to feel, you know, the most pain or for for it to be the, the, the worst consequence to me to see you be all that God has called you to be. I don't understand it. But this is what we are still dealing with. And as I've said, it's much like the Pharisees and the scribes. If it were up to a lot of these different individuals, they would feel as if, well, I would have placed this person in position or I would have said that this person was the best person for the job. But it's not you. You're not God. It's not you to say. And when God has told you what he has said, you can't even accept it. So how can you say that you are a representative of the kingdom when you cannot even abide by God's will? You can't accept it. In a way, you are, you know, in a way you are willing to sabotage, you know, our entire community in order to not see certain things happen the way that God said that they should happen. And I'm exhausted. The Lord says I have so much more strength that i'm not accessing and before to finish i mean i will have to have access that i'm aware of that it's just frustrating to know that it's possible that i would never have received the proper support not from the people that i've known not from the people that i love and not from the people that the lord has sent me to represent and lead it's difficult It's difficult to accept that, but I also want to acknowledge the individuals that have submitted to the Lord's will and that are on board with what the Lord has said and has called to happen. I want to acknowledge those individuals, if there are any out there, because they deserve the proper, you know, acknowledgement. Oftentimes, we tend to gravitate towards the negativity, speaking about this so much, but not acknowledging the different individuals that are doing what they're supposed to do. Oftentimes, I feel like that's me, so I want to acknowledge them. You know if they exist, but um as I said, it's frustrating, it's exhausting, and I'm tired. I'm tired of being pushed out of all the hard work that I've done. I'm tired of different individuals coming in and just snatching up credit for the progress that I've been trying to make, snatching up credit, taking credit for all the hard work that I've done and suffered and endured through There's individuals who stand in place of the hard work that the Lord is doing through me and claim it as their own having not having to had to suffer for even a second of it not having had to do not even a, a a part or a portion of the work and they brag and they boast and you know they're so extremely wicked but they call themselves righteous this is you know the way this is our these are the ways that we are doing things and you know i believe that we suffer as a whole as we continue When we continue on in this manner, we will suffer as a whole. We will continue to suffer as a whole, as a community, together. It's difficult. It's extremely difficult. Because here I am. Still wanting things to work out the way that the Lord has shown me it will. And oftentimes trying to remind myself that the Lord will keep his promise. He has never broken a promise. And his truth is truth. He will never tell a lie. It will work out no matter what anyone is doing to stop it. But I will have had to endure that much sabotage, that much hurt, that much pain, that much torture, that much torment. Because these different individuals seek to carry the position and the title that the Lord has called me to be in. They don't even carry the character. They don't carry the attitude. They don't carry the proper respect for it. You just want to be in that position. You just want to take credit for it. You don't want to do the work. You don't actually want to be called to be it. And even if that were the case, you won't even respect the Lord's will and submit to his will and calling me to be in that position. If you were ever meant to be in any position of leadership or any position that is a good representative of God's kingdom, then you submit to the Lord's will. You don't infringe your own will on anything And you can say, well, there's different individuals that will try to entertain a conversation of, well, if you didn't, you know, I didn't receive that message or that's not the message he had given me. But each and every single last individual since the start of recognizing me, recognized the prophecy on my life. So you cannot even say that. And then next to that. You know, there's different individuals that will say, well, if you can't reach this and you can't do what's what's necessary in order for you to be in the position, then you don't deserve to be in it. Who are you to make that judgment? Who are you to stand in the place of God and say that? The Lord saw me where I was so much further than where I am now. And he had already prophesied that I would be where I am now. He's right. He's perfect in all of his ways. When he says this is going to happen a certain way. That's how it's going to happen. He believes in the version of myself that will one day exist. Who are you to, you know, try and dictate that that is not the case? So, you know, um, as exhausting as it is, I just cannot give up. He's built me and he's made me to be tough. Extremely tough, and maybe that is what's needed in order to deal with these. In order to deal with, you know, this situation and not in, in our ways. So, I trust. I trust God because He saw me and who I will be from who I was, and He's He's getting me there. Five years ago, I wasn't even where I am right now. And that's something he is reminding me constantly. I'm scrolling down YouTube looking for a good worship song so that I can get in the presence of the Lord so that I can worship him. And I see this post that says, don't feel down because remember five years ago you dreamed of being where you are today. And that is absolutely true. That is so accurate. Five years ago, I was nowhere near where I am. Yes." He has done such a great work in me, and I have confidence that he will complete this work in me. So I just need to endure, and I need to trust him, and I need to see it through. And I pray that in the process, as many people as possible can be saved, and it's almost starting to make more sense why, when the Lord showed me the future, when he showed me the fulfillment of His prophecy, when I have reached the level that he is calling me to, There are millions of people, millions of people, right? And that's like, that's so many people, right? But that's only a handful of people that exist. It's 7 billion people and counting on this planet right now. Only millions of people are going to make it to that point. Only millions, it should be billions. So that means billions of people still will not have submitted to the Lord's will. Billions of people still will have you know, falling underneath the umbrella of deception, being deceived and living a life of sin, still not submitting to his future. But their suffering will be what it is. When you choose not to come out of your ignorance, when you choose not to come out of your chains, your consequence is to stay in your ignorance and your chains. You choose not to open up your eyes and be, you know, given a sight to see you choose you choose not to listen. You choose not to open up your heart and let it be, allow it to be softened, so that you are not hard-hearted anymore. Your consequence is not coming out of any of those things. That is your judgment. That's on you. And you may feel like what you, you know, you can't miss what you never had. Maybe you are right, but I think that that's the worst consequence of all—not missing what you never had. You could have had so much more. You could have had peace, fulfillment, joy. You could have been made complete in God. The big hole, the gaping hole in our souls could have been filled. That is, that is your own issue. So I pray that the Lord keeps so many more of us, you know, I pray that we are, I pray that we wake up. I've seen the fulfillment of this prophecy. It is so many people, but it's just not as many as it could be. It's not as many as it could be. And, you know, it would not have been my fault. It would not have been on me, the people that weren't saved. It will be on them. Because this is not a matter of accepting me. It's a matter of accepting the Lord's will and the Lord's judgment. It's a matter of accepting God. And if you cannot see it that way, you know, you need to come out of ignorance. You need to open your eyes and be be able to see. Because if you speak to God directly and you hear it from him, would that change your attitude about it? So... um. I know I have work to do I know that there's different things I have to attend to I have to attend to many different things in order to be all that the Lord has called me to be I'm not even there yet I'm not there yet but the point is the progress that's even trying to be made to get there is being combated with sabotage and you know disagreeing with the Lord's Calling on my life, his call for my the destiny on my life, and I'm not trying to brag or boast unless if on the Lord, if on God, but um they won't have been able to stop or keep me from my destiny. These different individuals they're only cheating themselves out of the wonderful future that they could have been a part of, regardless of who you see. On the podium as God's voice, it's not about who it is that is representing him. It's about him being represented. It's about him. Like, sometimes I wonder if we'd rather the Lord's voice not be heard at all. Rather than see certain individuals being used as a vessel for it. And does that make any sense? So... As I said, I'm deeply pained that we are running back to starving, starvation and eating each other alive. Running back to sin and denying, you know, everything that the Lord has shown us and brought us out of. Running back to chains. But this will not stop the Lord's calling and destiny on my life. By no means necessary, will it? It's just the process of pruning. Because when the Lord promises that someone will be, when he promises that this is going to happen, when he promises something, he never breaks a promise. He never breaks a promise. And I know that, you know, now I've known it then, but it's like it's so much more proof now than it has ever been. Look at the transformation that the Lord has made in my life. Look at what he has promised me in just five years' time. This is what he's doing in my life. Five years ago, I was nowhere near where I am now. Nowhere near where I am now. And so, yes, it's difficult. It's difficult. The suffering is very hard. And you have to take it one day at a time and allow the Lord to guide you and allow him to fix whatever needs to be fixed and trust that it's going to work out regardless. But it is very, very, very painful. And the fact of the matter is it doesn't even feel like we're even halfway through. We've come so far. We've come so far and still I'm at this place where I'm like, all of this is happening right now and there's still so much more that has to happen in this process and this is what we're doing. This is what we're going back to. This is what we're running to right now. We're running back to all this suffering to where all this, all this will have to be put back together if we, if we ever plan on moving forward past it, unless we plan to stop here and quit now and give up on our future forever. And just let go of all that we've been through and all that we would ever have had to go through. All that we've already gone through. Then we can can just quit now. Other than that, everything that we're doing right now, we're going to have to clean it up. We're going to have to do all the work all over again. We're going to have to tear down whatever it is we built to anything concerning concerning false gods or anything opposite of, you know, representation of God's word. We're going to have to tear all that back down and build it back up in God so we're making more work for ourselves. It doesn't make sense to me. It's frustrating. You don't get to infringe your will on God's will. You submit to God's will or you count yourself out. This is frustrating. I pray that the damage isn't what it seems. I know that it isn't. But, you know, it's not even finished. You know, it's supposed to get worse. It's supposed to be worse. And yes, there will have been lessons learned on my behalf as well. But it's extremely frustrating to continuously have to deal with this. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted with fighting the very people that are supposed to be fighting with me. That's exhausting. When you can't even have a team that's even in support of God's will for your life, God's destiny and calling on your life. They're not even fully in support of that where they are creating windows and doors for different individuals that already seek to destroy what's being done here to come in and tear it down. That's exhausting. That's exhausting. I can't fight my team and the other team. How can you be at war with your army and another army at the same time? How can you do that? How does that work? We have to come together in some way. We have to figure this out. We can't always be at war with each other. Because in that way, we will never have a chance. I'm reminded of the scripture of when we were on our way to the promised land and we found ourselves in the land, I believe, of the Canaanites. And we were advised not to take on the ways of the Canaanites. And we took on the ways of the Canaanites. And many of us were slain with the Canaanites for adopting their ways. The rest had to repent. And we had to rebuild and move forward. But we lose so many people due to disobedience and not submitting to the Lord's will, saying, Well, I like the way that they do this. I want to be a part of that. Or why can't we do things that way? We just can't. We can't be like everybody else. We're not everybody else. When you are chosen, it's difficult. But to whom much is given, much is required. You need to be an example at all times. You can't just adopt these ways when you already know that it doesn't abide by God's will. It doesn't abide by God's doctrine. It doesn't abide by the laws of the Bible. It doesn't matter what they're doing homosexuality, child molestation, you know, uh, rape and murder, lying, deceiving, cheating, different things like this. We can't do that. We can't do that. We can't adopt these ways, and we can't continue on in a manner that we're already in because we're already struggling to keep our own doctrine. How are we going to go and start living by other people's ways that already have been shunned by God? making it harder for ourselves and we're already struggling enough with the different things that we are struggling to let go of in our own community. We're going to add more trouble. We can't do that. This is exhausting. This is exhausting, but I don't want to sound like I'm just complaining over and over and over again. I know oftentimes this is falling on deaf ears anyways, but I hope that, you know, (sighs) I hope that things, you know, are going to pick up soon. I hope that things will pick up soon because this is frustrating. Goodness. A lot of people just not taking this stuff seriously. And it's so much more difficult when you don't even understand the severity of the situation that you're in. You don't even understand that you're enslaved. You don't even understand that you're in trouble. You don't even know. You don't even know you want to play, you want to joke, you want to You want gag, you want to laugh. Listen, this is real trouble. You can't laugh or joke your way out of this. You can laugh and joke your way into more trouble, but you can't laugh and joke your way out of this trouble. You're going to have to start taking it serious. You're going to have to wake up. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to do something. So... I'm pained. I'm pained because a big conversation has been, you know, you shouldn't be doing this as a woman. You need to stay out the, stand out the way and let a man do it. Why should you have to come to me about that? Why should you have to come to me about standing out the way? Obviously, you can see that the only way that I could have ever made it this far is by God's will. Take that up with God. But you see that you can't because you see that it is his will. and You cannot infringe your will on his. So don't come to me about what way I need to stand out of cuz in reality you are speaking your own warning you need to stay out of the way this is God's will he's raised me up to be in this position whether you like it or accept it or not if you intend to be a part of this future then you will start to tr- you will do your best to see why why he's called me to be used as a vessel in this why it feels that it's necessary What it is he's doing through me instead of trying to, you know, always trying to work out a way of getting me out of the way. Try to work out a way of getting yourself out of your own way. Because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get out of my own way so that I can be an example. So that I can truly be a good leader. This is difficult. I'm not perfect. But I'm doing all that I can to be everything that I'm called to be in God. That's my goal. I don't want to really see it happen any other way. Luckily for me, God has already granted me victory, so I won't have to. But that just doesn't, you know, negate the troubles that I will face to get there. <coughs> okay, so, um, I was watching Peno Eternals page, and, um, for a while, watching his page, I had noticed a few things. I noticed that um, I would get on his page and I would be in the spirit. And I would be watching his videos. And I noticed that his videos were extremely anointed. but um, Or at least the messages were. But I would get on his page to watch his videos. And I would start to... Face spiritual warfare in another way where throughout this process i have fought many different things concerning spiritual warfare and that's when i started to notice that a lot of the different things that the witches do and use is is a pattern like a lot of them possibly do the same things but not all of them do everything the same but they they'll use a lot of the same tactics but um I was watching Pinio Eternals page, and you know, I had come from a place spiritually where my mind would be stolen from me. When I, anytime I tried to learn, anytime I tried to retain any information pertaining to God, it my mind would be stolen from me, and I would be zoned out and I wouldn't know where I went, and I would try to focus and I wouldn't be hearing anything that they were saying, and it would get to a point where I couldn't even. Um, study and i will have to run to the bible and run the scripture and just listen to the bible for hours in order to fight these things now with that fight and focus when you're in a certain place with the lord they will fight you they will fight you so i noticed there was a lot of witches and different things like that a lot of spiritual warfare on pineal eternal's page and obviously a lot of his videos are called confessions of witches, confessions of different things like that and that's when I started to notice for myself that a lot of them will be confessing, repenting on his page, but they wouldn't have come completely out of that lifestyle. I don't think that they always come completely out of that lifestyle. Or maybe it is just the viewers that are drawn to the videos that are um, that are angered at the um, repentance of witches. So they come on there to attack anybody who watches these videos in order to, you know, uh, learn about it. And be able to fight and battle these different things. So for a while, I was on this page and I said I would come to it when I'm stronger so that I could fight. But it would, you know, always be trying to steal my mind. Every time I go on this page, it's like it's trying to steal my mind. So I'm, I'm always waiting until I have like enough power from God so that I can fight them when I'm watching those videos. And I check to see if it's worth it. But um, um, I was watching this page and this woman was on there and she talked about you know different things she went through and it seemed like a lot of different things that was told to her by God I also have experienced you know about clothing and not wearing hair weave or makeup anymore and um modest clothing different things like that I noticed she was on a page and I said well since it seems as if the Lord's giving her the same message it was encouraging to know that there's more people in this world going in that direction though I am fighting very hard to get there. It's like I have to fight my entire family and then some um, they've teamed up with different um different agents of darkness in the industry that they're also using to team up and fight me. Oftentimes I will um fight my family members and they're only at a certain level. So they'll run to these different people that they've teamed up with that are extremely wicked. Like NBA Youngboy and Jania and Maniaya where they have, you know, more pull in a way. You know, as far as satanic power, even though it's all a false sense of power, they'll have more pull in a way. So they'll run to them and then I'll have to fight them. So I've had to learn how to fight them. You know, I have to learn how to fight these um, industry people. Because my family goes to them for protection from me. You know, I'm a demon hunter, and the Lord has a calling on my life where I would have impacted millions of people in my lifetime, but I have to be transforming, so I'm being prepared. In the process, he's teaching me how to dress. He's teaching me not to wear makeup anymore. He's teaching me not to wear weave. He's teaching me to come out of secular lifestyles, not to ever listen to any secular music again, only listen to gospel. And I have to be obedient to him. And I haven't been doing everything I'm called to do. And so it weakens me because I'm not fasting and praying like I should. But um, the Lord protects me. He protects me. I know he's there. Right now he's hiding his face from me because I'm still not fasting and praying. And I'm backsliding into smoking and drinking. And I know that this has made me a target. And it's like they put me in deep slumbers where I have to sleep. Every time I turn on sermons and I'm trying to study. I'm put into a deep slumber and I'm like under a spirit of depression and suicide. And um also like I can I can't really, you know, use the power that the Lord has given me throughout my day. They steal it from me constantly and I can't use it to like cover me in all that I do. Like usually I will pray in the morning and I'll be able to go do whatever you know, and live my day, throughout my day, but now it's like they're attacking me on a whole another level where they're stealing a power for even the smallest of things. Like even if I want to get up to use the bathroom or if I want to get a drink of water or anything like that, they're fighting me on it and they're stealing the power so that I can do these different things. And they're saying to me, you don't get to use your power to sin and different things like that. So I know overall it is God's will, it's God's plan so that he can teach me how to live a spiritual life in him and truly be covered completely but even right now they're still in my breath but um still um I just I and now they're still in my thoughts but now you know holy spirit please protect me please protect me please protect me but um I know that um I have to speak about these things i have to record these different things because they have promised me that they are going to kill me and every day they try and kill me they try to take me off this earth because they are being judged for different things that they've done in the spirit to me my sister has teamed up with somebody in the industry and she raped me and um since i so i'm not letting that go i forgive and i forgot but i said so i'm not going to pretend like it never happened they want me to pretend as if this stuff has never happened, and they want me to stop fighting, you know, and stop, you know, fighting to for my destiny and God so that they can wipe my memory like it never happened and keep me from my destiny. But <clears throat> the Lord says they're not going to be able to stop my destiny, but I've been fighting for a while now, and um, recently I had just wondered about this person that's in the industry they had been in industry for a long time but they seemed like they didn't blow up until later and so it was like eight years later they finally blew up and became as big as it seemed like their you know um cohorts had become so i wonder why it took them so long to blow up and the lord told me that they were they were fighting they were fighting with you know the spirit of god they were fighting with the Holy Spirit against, you know, selling their soul to the devil and against succumbing to the pressure of entering a satanic industry. And that's how they made it for eight years without blowing up. So really when you think that people are losers and you think that they aren't talented enough to make it or you just don't understand why they haven't made it made it because you believe that they are talented enough but it just doesn't make sense that they didn't make it, you need to know that they're actually fighting selling their souls and it's possible that they cannot blow up or into the industry until they sell their souls so i was wondering about that i was wondering how they endured so long i wanted to know how they endured so long for eight years you know being able to fight these things off of and keep them out of contract for eight years even though they had succumbed to the pressure after everything that I have been dealing with throughout this entire process, it feels like you can't even endure this for eight hours. So for them to go for eight years, I felt like if I could if I could hear from them, that's what they had gone through and dealt with. I would truly admire them. And I would want to know. You know, I would be inspired by that. I was already inspired by that. But I would want to know, you know, even though it's sad that they finally did succumb to it, but I would still want to know their tips. their tricks on how they were able to make it for eight years i feel that i found that what was happening is this individual's mother was extremely anointed and was praying for this individual and fighting in a spirit just like i am for my family the entire time but um still i wonder if i would last that long because i really want to last forever i don't ever want this to happen to me I want to do everything that the Lord has called me to be. And the Lord said that I will. So I will actually make it out of this. But, you know, still, I was just wondering, like, you know, if they saw the opportunity to be saved, like, if that was set in stone, different things like that. And not to mention, like, in 2020, I just remember this individual coming to me and telling me, like, you know, they had told me that the same thing that this individual, NBA Youngboy, was trying to do to me trying to force me into a contract to sell my soul, in a way, and then trying to, you know, give me to sell my soul so he could feed off my power for the rest of my life. He was trying to steal my power and either impregnate me and give me a baby or marry me so he could still and feed off my power for the rest of my life while being this very wicked individual who was leading a double life, maybe even a triple life, you know, quadruple life. Like He's living all these different lives, probably like eight different lives. But he was planning to steal my power that the Lord had given me. I'm a demon hunter. He was planning to give me to steal that power and feed off of it for the rest of, the life, of my life. And it feels as they've stolen my power and they are like feeding and fueling the industry with it. But as I said, they're stealing my breath right now. Like they're choking me in the spirit so I cannot talk about this stuff. But um, they have all these different people around me working with them and helping them, like my neighbors and different things like that. They throw rocks at the window. They scream different things. How they talk about things that's, you know, like they're reading my mind and they're banging on the walls and they're like in, they're in walls they shouldn't be in, like they'll be in the ceiling and it's an apartment building. They'll be in the walls that connect to like bathrooms where it doesn't feel like nobody can be in there. And then different things will fly across my room and it's like, nobody's in here, but they're just trying to steal my power and they're trying to get me to um, submit my soul over to Satan and bow down to Satan at an altar. Which would take the power that the Lord has given me to be a demon hunter. Because I'm a threat, you know, to their kingdom. But not when I'm not being obedient to God. Not when I'm not following his laws. So they're trying to weaken me. But this woman I saw on Pinio Eternal's page, a lot of stuff. She was talking about I knew it was true. I knew she really knew the Lord and that she was really fighting to the Lord. And the way she was dressed is exactly how the Lord showed me I'd be dressed in my future. I was standing on a podium in front of millions of people, impacting millions of people. The Lord had appointed me as a voice. And he had put me in a position that was above anybody, any position that ever existed. and it was a new position. And he made it for me as, you know... And it was new and it was different because it was a woman. And there was no women ever in these positions at all. And he had put me in a position above all. The Lord had given me wisdom and told me that he was also going to give me everything else in my heart that I desired, that I didn't even ask for. And he said that I reminded him of of Solomon. And he said that um, he was giving me this assignment to come here and revise these people of Houston. He told me this. Um, when I was in my hometown, Cleveland, Ohio, and in a week's time, he said, don't worry about anything. In a week's time, I was invited here. I I had a place to stay and, um, without no rent. I had a plane ticket I didn't have to pay for. And, you know, I knew that this was such a clear, you know, word from the Lord. It was just the clearest answer to any prayer I ever received in my life. And the Lord said, um... To come here and revise the people. I forgot that he had said that it had been wiped from my memory. But then when I got here and I was asking him, Lord, why am I growing more irritated every day and what's going on? I thought that I was growing in rapport with you. Why do I feel like I'm being attacked more? And the Lord said, It's a good thing. One day I was just so irritated. I begged the Lord to please answer me, please answer me. Why is this happening to me, Lord? I need you. And he, he. He brought me to a place where I was fully aware of who he was, and he said, "Remember, your mission is to revise the people and I was like, "I know, and I immediately I just remembered my entire mission there I had forgotten and then um and then he was like, "You're ready, are you ready and then I felt prepared, I felt ready, like I felt extremely ready for everything as opposed to how I felt before when I was crying out to him. I felt like I was scared. I felt like I was lost. I felt like I was irritated. I felt like I didn't know what was going on, and that's not how I really feel spiritually. So it's like a strong deception that we may all be under where they are able to manipulate our carnal minds, make us believe, you know, we are sick or make us believe that we are tired or make us believe that we are you know, not wrong in a lot of the sin that we are committing and make us feel like we don't need to repent. But um all I know is this woman, she looked just like how the Lord showed me I would look in my future. And I never imagined I could look that way. I was completely unrecognizable from who I was at the time. And when I saw her, I just thought to myself, you know, Lord, you're showing me that you are doing this all over the world right now, Lord do you think that it is possible that someone like her could help me because it feels as if, like, does she have people that she is consulting with? Does she have, you know, people who are helping her? Does she have, you know, um, friends and you that is helping her to stay, you know, um, on the right path and keeping her from stumbling? And I was like, maybe I can be a part of something like that, someone who will remind me. Not to wear makeup, not to wear weave, not to, you know, sin and not to, and to stay out of these lifestyles so I can be more motivated. Though I know that I do have help in that and I don't want to take away credit from different, different individuals that are helping me. I may not fully know everybody's identity, which may be for their protection. But um, I know that there's people who are helping me because I will, um, you know, it, people will be helping me. Like, I will be fighting, I'll be praying and they'll say... Focus, You know, focus on God. I know that it's God. I know that Jesus is the one that's helping. But I know that he possibly has given me people to help me. I don't know. But Satan wants me to believe I don't have any help. But I was just saying, you know, is it possible that she could possibly come and help? Because we need more, more women like her that are, you know, on board, that are completely, you know, devoted to God and and are, you know, working on being more obedient to the Lord and are okay with abiding by every law in the Bible, being a submissive woman, never wearing weave again, never wearing makeup again, you know, submitting over tight clothing for modest clothing, different things like that. Oftentimes I cannot connect with women because they don't want to give up things like that. They don't think that is wrong. Even gospel singers have told me I'm not stupid enough to believe that that stuff matters, And I'm just like, but God told me this. It's not about being stupid. It's about being obedient. And so I didn't necessarily listen to them, but I was just wondering, like, why is it that there's so many people that I feel like still are anointed and have an anointing, but they don't. They still wear hair weaves. They still wear makeup. And they still wear tight clothes. And they still wear heels. And they still are environments that are not really Holy Spirit filled as they should be or could be. So I just, you know, I just wanted a little bit more support in that direction. And I didn't want to, the day I felt that I had, you know, first saw that, it felt like the light shone so bright that day. And I didn't want to, like, drag anybody into the things that I've been battling because these individuals, they are very nasty and they have no boundaries and they work in such a nasty manner, they will get you raped. In the spirit realm, they will rape you, they will abuse you, they constantly bring up your sin, they constantly cause you to sin and stumble. They are really abusive. And I know that they seek to use me to lure other Christians to this environment so that they can start to pull them out too and start feeding off of their power as well. So I want to be careful and i just i just pray to god instead of you know really like you know doing it myself or going about it on my own and all i know is i watched one of her videos videos recently and she talked about how her friend was staying in america but she moved back because she felt like she was pushed out by somebody and um she talked about how um she was going to come to America, but then some man showed up to her in the spirit and he was sharpening a knife telling her what he would do to her if she showed up in America and that she better stay where she's at. And um, that's happened to me twice, so I know that that's real and that I think I know who that is. I think that may have been LeBron James. He did that to me two times before. The first time he showed up, he sh- he was sharpening a knife like I wish I could do it myself. That's what he said to me. And then the second time he showed up, he did the same thing and said the same thing. You know, I think that he works very hard to deceive me into believing that he's actually an ally. But I'm not sure. I, he brought me to the Lord's presence or maybe, you know, yeah, I was brought into the Lord's presence and he was there kneeling on one knee. And um, I think the Lord was telling me that, you know, he was going to get me to the level that... um I was, you know, called to be, called to be in by God. I was going to be above him, even above him, even after all his hard work. So I didn't understand why he was threatening Christians and threatening women of God. I didn't think that that was very godly. But I did. It was a split second where, you know, I asked the Lord, Lord, why is it that I'm being in a higher position than him? Why is it that I'm being pulled in a higher position than him? And why is it that you have used him to call me into your presence? And the Lord, the Lord said that, you know, he wanted him to say it himself. The Lord wanted him to tell me himself, but he didn't tell me. He refused to tell me. And I heard the Lord, you know, say, I think the Lord said, stop lying or something like that to him. Like he just shook. The whole heaven shook when he spoke to him. And he just like, you know, he got super quiet and he just like, um, he straightened up. But um, I said, I don't know what that means because the Lord does have a way of humbling you. He had humbled me too at one point. But um, also, all I know is at one point, um, my family just started arguing and fighting. And I think maybe the Lord was trying to show me that's him. That's what he was doing. He was causing my family to argue and fight. But I didn't have that. I didn't know that for sure because I was still being fought. And um, one sec at one point, you know... I was like, Lord, why won't you stop him from doing this or something like that? I must have said that. And I think the Lord said, this is what you are going to do. This is what you are called to do. And so um, all I know is he was kneeling on one knee and for a second I stood up and I felt like I had pulled out my sword. I pulled out my sword. I saw myself pull out my sword and I felt like I had threatened him and said, "Um, you will respect my father in his presence or something like that. How dare you disrespect my father or something like that. And all I saw was him like wince. He like, when I came to, when I came to and I saw just a split second of what I did, like I pulled my sword out and I was standing and I think I was in armor. But I saw him wince. Like he had wince, he had flinched at me. And um, I was like, why did he flinch? A lot of that stuff was stolen from my memory and I didn't really know what happened that day. But all I know is I felt complete and whole in the Lord's presence. And he required that I be quiet, silent. When I was silent, he answered all my questions and he was, you know, he was, you know, I think the Lord had crowned me that day because in the Bible, it says, well, Solomon, when he was crowned, he was um, given the kingdom. He, he put, he pulled up a chair for his mother and he said, my mother will always sit next to me in this throne. That's exactly what I did. I pulled up a chair for my mother. And I sat her right next to me in the throne. So I, I believe maybe I was even crowned that day. And that day, my family, I, w- I, I was doing everything I could to stop them from fighting and getting them to face God and, and you know, acknowledge God in his presence. And then my family members, they just start one by one kneeling in front of God. My dad, he was standing behind me kneeling, but he just had this wickedness this really extreme wickedness about him where he was kind of like staring at me like I was an enemy In the back of my head he was staring at me like I was an enemy and like um, like he wanted to take a sword and just stab me in the back of my head as I was kneeling before God and I think the Lord wanted me to see that he was doing that. But um, he almost didn't even bow to God in his presence and I wonder if that meant that the Lord was showing me that maybe... He cannot be saved, but I was just fighting for him. Like, you know, this is God. This is God, you know. But um, all I know is um, I know that I saw LeBron twice sharpening a knife in my presence, but I thought he was speaking pertaining to white people. I thought that he was saying that I wish I could do this myself because the Lord had called me to wake the people up, you know. He's using me as a vessel. In this process, it seems that these different individuals have been trying to convince me to turn against white people. But I was like, I'm not turning against any of God's people. God loves us all. We are all God's children. I will not hate white people. No matter what, you know, my ancestors have have gone through or what we are still going through, even still being enslaved or at a disadvantage, you know, I'm not going to blame them for it. Just like I'm not going to blame God for it. And, um... It's completely unfair to be discriminated against because of the color of your skin. So how can I do that back to them? Regardless of the advantages that they are taking advantage of. But um, I thought he was talking about white people. But for a second, it was kind of clear the first time he had sharpened a knife in front of me that he was in a way saying that towards women in leadership or women, period, you know. And I knew that in a way it might have been directed towards me. But as I said, they have been playing tricks in my mind to try and get me to um, to not not to fully know what's going on here. To probably trust the enemy instead of the Lord. And to believe that they may have been on my side when they weren't. But on the day that um, change fell off of my heart when I really truly accepted Jesus Christ into my heart as my brother that truly died on the cross... For the forgiveness of our sins. Um, I saw chains. I saw LeBron James crying really hard. He was crying really hard. And he said, I felt that too. I felt the chains fall off my heart too. And um, that's when I felt like, okay, maybe he's not on the wrong side. You know, maybe he's just learning just like I am. And we're all getting to this place where... We are submitting to God in a proper manner. I don't know. But looking back in perspective, perspective, maybe it wasn't just me that, you know, was there, you know, that he was crying with. I think that he may have been crying with NBA Youngboy because in in that process, it took, in order for this person to have to truly accept Jesus Christ to their heart, it took for them to see them like a brother they lost. And it just... It just clicked recently because of the situation that just arose. You know, Juice World died the day that I asked the Lord for a sign. Um, that I needed to wash the drugs down the toilet. And he died that day and then I saw a vision and it's and what it what they said to me is that the reason why I did it, I don't know why, because I was grieving for my brother and I just I don't know. And I think that when on that day when a chains fell off of my heart and whoever else that was around the chains fell off of their heart as well. I feel like the chains fell off so many people's hearts that day. Um in that day on that day, this individual it took for them to compare it to their brother. Their brother, compare Jesus to their brother to truly accept Jesus Christ as really having living and died for us. And um it made sense and it just clicked like Okay, so if it was NBA YoungBoy, then it was possibly that he was comparing it to like Juice World and the death of Juice World when he lost his brother. But um, that didn't necessarily click at the time because it didn't all the way fully make sense to me because I knew that that's what it took in order for them to truly accept Jesus Christ. But to me, I said, you know, the chains felt. If I feel like the chains fell off my heart as well, but at the same time. um... I never lost a brother so close, so it kind of, in a way, you know, made me wonder if I was going to lose a brother in this process. But I do love my brothers deeply, so I just, you know, did what I could to try and put that together and make that make sense. Like, even with, like, there was this... We had a friend who grew up with us like a brother, and he had died. He, He committed suicide on Valentine's Day in 2017. And I was like, maybe it was that, you know, maybe... I would compare it to that, but that wasn't even really what it was. It was just like I think what it is is I'm suffering of demonic possession right now, possibly by NPA Youngboy. And what's happening right now is that, you know, he has to be saved in this process. He has to be saved in this process in order for, you know, things to work out the way that, you know, I don't know. He just has to be. I think that that was him. The chains broke over his heart. He had he had never truly accepted Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior, as well as me, and as well as so many different people in my family as well in the process. So it's like everything that the Lord is intending for me to have to go through in order for me to become all that I'm called to be. He is and he is incorporating these different individuals along the way, you know, so he can get us all together, you know, in this process, and so we can all learn this together. So, um, you know, it's starting to add up and make sense, but still at the same time, I'm still feeling like, you know, I don't know because, you know, I was worshiping and I got really close and I started to faint. And when I, one day when I was worshiping, I was getting so close and I was like, you're so close, you're so close, keep going. I got really close and this individual fainted. I saw them like woozy, like they were like. Dizzy, and they fainted off of me in a way, and um, they broke off of me for a second, but they came back too, and when they came back too, you know, I realized like they're not supposed to be here, but I already known they're not supposed to be here. Like nobody's supposed to be here reading my mind, and torturing my mind constantly. So I already knew that that wasn't right, and they're trying to steal my power, and they're trying to kill me. But they fell off of me for a second, and when they fell off of me, I encountered Jesus for real. And Jesus was like, um, he didn't say a word, but his spirit was so serious. Like, this is not a game. I am not playing. Everybody's laughing and everybody's playing, but they don't understand. This is for real. This is serious. Like, you will die. You will die doing stuff like this. And maybe they need to see this happen in order for them to take it seriously. But in a process, I have to do everything that the Lord has called me to do. I can't expect for it to be done for me. I just have to do it. And one day when I got up, I heard them say, the prophecy is being fulfilled. The prophecy is being fulfilled. But I knew that they were lying. I knew that I wasn't supposed to get up. I knew that in staying on my knees and worshiping, so many different lies were exposed. So many different things were being exposed in that process and that no matter how difficult or hard it was, that's what was required in order to get through this. When I got up, I heard this individual say to me, the prophecy is being fulfilled. And they said, um, I said, but wait, I thought you, they said, um, the prophecy, the prophecy is is being fulfilled to the T, you know, um, it can not be changed or something like that. But I said, wait, why would you get excited about it not being changed As if you didn't already know that it couldn't be changed? And then that's when I was like, so things can be changed about this prophecy? And this individual was like, small things. And when they said it, they sounded very, very, very wise. I saw them in the spirit and they sounded wise, like wise from God. And um, just recently am I realizing that they were, in a way, bragging and boasting about how if it goes their way, they're going to steal the wisdom that the Lord had given me. They're going to steal the power that the Lord had poured into me, which I had already known that that's what they were trying to do. One day, I woke up in the morning, and I heard a gist of the conversation. I heard Money aya, me NBA Young Boy, LeBron James, and I believe other people. They were standing over me, and they stole power from me. And they said, it feels so good. It feels so good. The power feels so good. And it was just like, um, I need this power forever. I need this power forever. And um, that's when I realized. And I knew that it was so true that um, they were just trying to use me for my power. They were just trying to take my power like the Lord had given me a word on this individual, but still, I just knew this individual was just trying to steal my power because this individual raped me. This individual could not possibly care for me and tries to kill me. So how, how, how could I ever think that this individual ever care for me? But, you know, also, not even only that, the prophecy that I was shown, they said that they love me more than anybody's ever loved me in my entire life. And I just couldn't believe them when they said that. And not only that in the prophecy that i had seen i had seen that um i had seen that i had left my family i ran away from my family and i just couldn't think for any reason that i would ever give up my family it didn't make sense and then when i woke up from that vision they said this is set in stone it's nothing that nobody can do to change this and i knew that they weren't i didn't believe that either cuz i said you know Though the Lord can set things in stone, it feels as if the Lord has taught me the opposite my entire life. That nothing is really set in stone. And that, you know, you you always have an opportunity to change your circumstances. That you don't ever have to accept anything as your circumstance. And that you can keep fighting if you set your heart to something. You can change anything the Lord makes impossible possible. And so I didn't believe them because I'm like, you're saying set in stone but I just don't believe you. But I had never seen something... I had never seen a future vision or anything like that, so real like that before, but I didn't trust it. But even though at the same time there were certain things that were that were real, like the woman of God that I had... The woman that I had become in God. I had become everything I was called to be in God. But, um... As I said, certain things did not add up. Like this individual that was in the car, they were in darkness. Why wouldn't they show their identity? And they said to me that um you became you ran away from your family and you became everything you were supposed to be in God and then you ran into me. But I'm meeting you now. So when do I meet you? Do I meet you later? How is that supposed to happen? So you mean to tell me that my memory will be wiped and I will forget having ever met you in this way? That I will meet you later? That sounds like a setup to me. And then not only that, um... Not only that, they also, um... It was a lot of things about being a leader of the industry, being bigger than Jay-Z and Beyonce put together. And I was like, um... I don't know if I believed that, but I felt that I was dwelling underneath an open heaven, like I was dwelling underneath God the whole time. But I felt like, um, I don't know, like I couldn't, it just didn't feel right. Something didn't feel right about it. Things weren't adding up. Things weren't adding up. And it, and I was trying to figure out what point that would happen, I looked very young. But, um... Man, it was something else that just slipped my mind. It was another reason that I was just like, this doesn't even make sense or add up. But it slipped my mind. But um, all I know is like so many different things in add up. Then when I woke up, I heard a familiar voice say, this ain't going the way that they think that this is going. And I just picked up on a lot of different, you know, information from the way that they said it and kind of like their, their, their spirit behind it. It was like maybe I went far, maybe I did a lot of wrong things, but I would never go that far. And I would never let nothing like that happen to nothing that wicked. Which, you know, I feel like was more real. But only if you really know for real who people are. And this individual I feel like didn't know truly for real. The whole time they were trying to say that they know me, they know me. And different things like that. That they love me more than anybody's ever loved me in my entire life. And stuff like that. And all that stuff just screams big lie. And growing up, the Lord always educated me about abusive relationships. This individual had already been seen on camera beating up their previous girlfriend. And this person was beating her, like, you know, really badly. You know? But, like, um... You know, the Lord gave me a word on this person, so I said, You can't judge everybody for, from their actions. But my mother, my parents, and my aunts always taught me, Once a woman beater, always a woman beater. But I just don't like to accept that people can't change because the Lord is changing me. But it's not that that means I was choosing this person, I wanted to be with them. It just means that I wasn't going to judge them by their previous mistakes. That doesn't mean I actually plan to be with you because I don't know that I believe that I would, that the Lord would ever want for me to be with somebody who has raped me, someone who has abused me, and someone who had tried to take my life and just steal my power that way, but was going to take whatever way they could get it. Those type of things, just like, I can forgive you and I can forget, but that doesn't mean we're going to be together. I just couldn't see it. But um, also... You know, it doesn't seem that this individual ever really plans to do the work to change. Like they just expect me to do all the work and do everything and they just steal from me. Not only that, a lot of different things in that vision didn't add up or make sense. The Lord had told me that this individual is knowingly committing genocide on their community. And I feel that he was saying that because of their rap career and the rap style that they had chosen, like they the lifestyle they had chosen, they chose to be a rapper. They're knowingly committing genocide in their community by pushing drugs and guns and war and violence. And um, why would I then enter that same industry and do the same thing and somehow have still become the woman of God that God intended for me to be? It don't add up or make sense, but how would they have the power to know what the Lord has for me and know the future prophecy on my life or about who I will become in God, and be able to incorporate that feeling, and that um. That embodiment of that, like I I saw it in me. I could feel that that's who I, everything I become, and I could feel that, you know, the presence of the Lord was real. How would they be able to incorporate that, you know, and then manipulate everything else? Why how would the Lord ever have approved of that, you know? But sometimes the Lord will approve of these different things because he know what motivates you in the direction that you are meant to go in. And that what the enemy meant for bad, God's going to use for good. The Lord told me five years ago that somebody sought to keep me in an abusive relationship for the rest of my life. But that he was going to keep me from that. He told me that before I had any clue about any of these things or any of this stuff ever happened. Or I was even remotely, you know, surrounded by any guy. Or anything that even, you know, sensed to be a abusive relationship. I wasn't even dating anybody at the time or I couldn't even think of anybody I was around that I felt like was trying to keep me in an abusive relationship for the rest of my life. And he said maybe I will be raptured and he said everybody would know who I was in real life. The whole world. Like everybody would know. Not the whole world, but everybody would know. But um all I know is um not only that, the Lord had already warned me growing up that sometimes Satan comes and he offers you things and they look like everything you ever wanted or dreamed of, but you have to be careful because sometimes satanic deals and contracts come dressed up as everything you've ever wanted or dreamed of. But you know, it's, you have to be careful. You have to use discernment and the Lord had given me the spirit of wisdom and discernment. And not only that, um, not only that, you know, I was unhappy in that vision, in a way. I was still so heartbroken by the things that the different people had done to me. And um, though I was healed, I had forgiven, I had forgotten, and I was—it was nothing that nobody could do to hurt me at that point. Still, it felt like if I become the woman of God that I've always dreamed of being, I won't feel this pain. I'll be complete. I'll be fulfilled in God. That don't add up. But I said, you know, you don't forget pain. You know, so I didn't know how to feel about it. But um not only that, um, different things in that vision, they have come and gone. I was supposed to um run away and you know, stay kind of like down and depressed for like six months and then get up and um become everything that God has called me to be. Well, it's been almost two years now. So that's come and gone. Not only that. They said that my family members, that my family members would, you know, never show any remorse towards what they had done to me. They would only care that I had become famous. And the Lord had shown me that my family was possessed by demons and that I had opportunity to get them back. And now, today, it's like my family is known as well. You know, it's not just me in the situation. So it feels like not even ever, even if I ran now, not ever would my family not have played a part in this prophecy and people have not known who they are. So it's like a lot of this different stuff has come and gone and these opportunities have been squandered. So the six months prophecy is already unfulfilled. That's already done. It's already been way past six months. Um, My family, you know, never showing any remorse. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they won't. They still don't show remorse for what they've done in a way. You know, I know the real them does, but the spirits that are controlling them doesn't. But what I do know is that my family, you know, um, they've in a way established their names, you know. And there's a lot of people that know who they are at this point. I don't know how it's going to go, but as I've said, the Lord said the rapture is going to happen in my lifetime and maybe I'll be raptured. So maybe we'll be raptured. But um, as I said... Um, I fainted, and this individual fainted as I was worshiping. This individual individual fainted off of me, and God has shown me that that is possibly what's going to happen. Like, I'm possibly going to have to kill this individual spiritually in order to get them off of me and get them away from me because they won't leave me alone. And um, not only that, um, I saw a prophecy. The Lord told me that, I am going to kill this demon witch and free these millions of people. This demon witch has a false sense of power and controls these millions, but I'm going to kill her, and then these millions of people will be freed. I don't know if that's already happened, because on the day of the deliverance of my sister, I saw Satan burned onto the ground with the light that the Lord poured through me like when Michael you know, defeated Satan, and Satan was thrown from heaven down to hell. And um, all I know is um, somebody said to me when I got up that day, "No, this is not happening to billions of people all over the world right now," and I, I knew that already. And I knew, that, like, while we're there trying to convince me that this, I'm the only person that's ever happened to, you know, all kinds of lies, all kinds of things like that. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, I just felt like. A lot of it didn't add up or make sense. A lot of it, I just could never believe. And so, you know, despite all the many efforts that they they made to convince me away from the Lord and keep me away from my destiny, you know, it did nothing but push me further into it. And I think that's what the Lord is exposing. Even though I'm still not doing all that I'm called to do and because of it, I'm suffering. Really, if I want to be done with this situation and truly want to be all that I'm called to be then I have to complete what the Lord said. I have to complete. You know, they said to me on the day of the deliverance that you're going to have to do this perfectly. And I heard, I feel like the Lord say she will, I know she will. But, um, I still haven't done it. And it feels like that chance is slipping further and further away from me. And they have, in a way, told me that they're going to wipe my memory. And I'm going to end up in the suburb, suburbs with a house. That's what I'm getting. But, um... I've heard many different things. Some other individuals say, some of us, some of you are being shown a prophecy that you're going to end up with some celebrity. You're going to end up in this famous lifestyle. So it's like different people are getting different things, but the heart can be deceitful. That's what the Bible says. I've seen my future. The Lord showed me my future five years ago. He showed me on a podium, you know, leading millions of people, having become all that I was called to be. And I was completely transformed and unrecognizable. I was not wearing any makeup or any weave. My hair was wrapped up and I was wearing modest clothing. And I was completely different, completely different. And he said, it's going to be difficult, but then it's going to be good forever. And I think that good forever means rapture. Because he's also said that it's going to be a rapture in my lifetime. He said, that you can depend on, that you can count on. And so I'm trying to get you in a rapture. And then throughout this process, I heard the Lord saying, I'm trying to get you on your knees. But I haven't been on my knees enough, so I know that they're trying to keep me from being raptured. But years ago, when I was like 15 or 16 years old, the Lord started showing me and guiding me to survival things, like videos about survival, little survival tips and tactics. And he said to me that if he don't get me in a rapture, he's going to try and get me in a second rapture. And that will be after I had survived. You know, I was surviving through, excuse me, I was surviving through the seven years of tribulation. And I gave my life for people and was trying to get people saved. Still didn't give up or curse God's name even after I was left behind in the rapture. So there's a possibility of things going that way. I pray that I'm able to be, get, be, be raptured up in the first rapture. I don't want to be left behind. But at the same time, he's shown me what I have to do and I'm not doing it. So I don't know. But this is so difficult, as he said it would be. It's just very difficult. But he said it will be difficult and would be good forever. That will happen. He said it will happen. Now, I don't know if that's a promise, but I know that the Lord never tells a lie. So whether it's a promise or not, he'll never tell a lie. He will never lie. So there are complicated things about that. Like he may say it will happen in hopes that I will do all that I'm called to do and be all that I'm called to be. That may be him hoping for me to be what I'm called to do, be. And to do everything, at the end of the day, it's free will. I have to get up and I have to do it. But um, as I said, the heart is deceitful. And I saw that that day because my heart was telling me so many different things that, you know, I don't really have to do this and I don't have to go through all of this and the Lord wouldn't require for me to do all of this. And At one point, I fainted to the ground and I cried out to God, God, I can't. God, I'm trying so hard. God, help me. And I felt I heard God's voice say, you're smart, you're going to figure it out. You don't have to do all of this. All you have to do is pray in the morning and pray at night before you go to bed. Pray in the morning when you wake up and pray at night before you go to bed. All of this is not required. But five years ago, when the Lord showed me my future, he said that my family may never accept me. That's who I'm called to be. And so I don't know how to feel about that because I'm trying to get my family in. And... um." I didn't see them there, but I wasn't necessarily looking so hard for them. Like everybody I saw there was wearing their head wraps and their modest clothing. We were all in black and um, we were all woke. We were all dwelling underneath an open heaven, dwelling underneath God. I was in the position God had called me to be in and I was being used as His voice, but I was completely different. I was completely transformed. But at this point, I've been backslidden. I don't know. Things are hard. They're difficult, And these different individuals are still trying to push me out of my destiny. The Lord said I would be everything I ever wanted to be, that I was going to be a linguist. I was going to be a doctor. I was going to be a lawyer. I was going to be a writer. I was going to be all these different things. And he said it was going to happen, you know, all of it was going to happen in a short period of time. And I was going to retire at a young age. That's what the Lord told me. But looking at this situation, I'm thinking maybe all this stuff is happening right now. You know, I've heard myself speaking multiple different languages. Just earlier, I heard myself singing in in Indian. And, um, I heard Beyonce, she repeated a song back to me. I was singing in Indian. And, um. I just heard myself speaking in so many different languages. Everybody said I was speaking in so many different languages. Everybody said I was a judge. Everybody said I was a lawyer. Everybody said I was a doctor. They said I was all these different things. So I'm like, maybe these different things are happening spiritually, you know? But the Lord said it was going to happen in real life for, like, for everybody to see. But um, it is happening for everybody to see. So I don't know. Maybe that counts. And I remember I was you know, um, not fasting like I should. And I heard someone say, you're retired. Why well, I heard my sister say, you're retired. And I said, does that add up and go with what the idea of what God said, I'll retire early? I will do everything I've ever dreamed of being, I'll retire early? I don't know. Then it starts to make me wonder, like, is all of this stuff that's in the Bible, did it happen the same way? Like, was it really that? you know, Solomon, he didn't really live in a big castle or different things like that, not on the outside. He wasn't really super known by everybody in the world, not on the outside. He didn't really have 700 wives and 300 concubines on the outside. You know, maybe it all happened spiritually. I don't know, but um, I don't know. Part of me just feels like it's so unfair because it's like I'm going through all of this. A lot of this is at A lot of this adversity that I'm facing is is happening because I'm a woman. And I feel like maybe if I was a man, then I would have been able to accomplish all this stuff in real life. But I still have so much life ahead of me. And um, there's no telling what will happen here. But um, the prophecy will be fulfilled. And um, I'm just tired. I'm just really tired, but it's not going away. I'm exhausted but it's not going away. But maybe I just have to do it like the Lord said. I just have to get up, I have to get on my knees and I have to complete this worship position perfectly as he said I will. But um on the day of the deliverance, I heard them say um she didn't have to do it. You're saying that she didn't have to do it. You're saying that either way it would have happened for her. And I heard this individual say, "Yeah, but I knew that she would." And so it starts to make me feel like I really don't have to do this, but I knew that it was a trick. I feel like it was a trick the whole time because on the day of the deliverance, I would have completed all my work. I would have done everything I was called to do, no matter how hard it was. I would have completed all my work, but they decided to come in and save me, you know, and, and, and not make me do all of the work. And I think that maybe that was a, um, I don't think that was for me. I think they did that because they don't want me to gain the full power that the Lord has for me. They don't want me to be made free completely to the point where I get all my power and I'm actually able to complete this worship position perfectly. They wanted to have started with their plans. If they had saved me from doing all the work then, then they felt like they possibly was going to keep making me feel like I would never have to do all of the work. So I would never get up and do it, and therefore I would never fully have received everything that the Lord has for me and fully be made free so that they can somehow gain some sort of advantage over me or keep some sort of control in my life so that the prophecy can't happen that way where they're able to feed off my power for the rest of my life. But, um, you know, I don't know how to feel because it feels like, you know, why would God let them do that? And even on that day when the Lord was speaking over the situation, it's like, it's not even really for me. It was for my sister's baby. So it's like, I don't even know if the Lord really cares what happens to me. You know, I know that he loves me, but sometimes I feel like he's going to let them get away with this stuff. And I don't know. But he says, Satan cannot stop my destiny. At the end end of the day, no matter how much work I've done and everything I've gone through, it all just comes down to my fault. I'm not doing what i was supposed to do and I'm not taking accountability and you know, I'm I'm not leaving my family, but like not leaving my family is what got me this far. So why would I leave them now? It don't make sense, you know, it don't add up. Like if I would have run like they told me to run at the top of that year, well, what would have happened was I would have never received my destiny. I would have never received my destiny in God, so I don't know if I was ever supposed to run. And so if I'm supposed to run away from my family or I'm supposed to leave my family now in order to complete that, that just don't add up. And I don't know. It just don't make sense. I don't know. I feel like I'm so discriminated against because I'm a woman, and I just don't know why the Lord would let this happen, why he's allowing it to happen. But I don't want to doubt his good ways. I know that he has a plan. Nobody can outsmart God. And, um... Maybe this is motivation, you know. Maybe this is the way, the Lord's way of motivating me. Like, I'll get to the point where I'll say, you're not going to take anything from me. You're not going to take my destiny. And I rise up and I fight back like that. But, you know, I feel that the Lord has already shown me that if I fight like that, I leave room for the devil in my life, in my future. Like, I have to do it just for the Lord, just for love of the Lord, just because he's worthy to be praised in order to truly defeat Satan forever. But, um, as I said, it's difficult. It's difficult. There are different individuals standing in my way. They're holding me back and they are making it extremely difficult for me. And like, I don't know what the Lord is going to do concerning that, but I just don't want to lose faith in him. I don't want to doubt his goodness. I know that he's going to make it work out for me. I don't want to doubt that. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of this feels like, why would he let it go as far as it has gone? Why is he still allowing these things to happen? Why does it feel like he's in a way supporting their abuse and torture of me? Like it's like I deserve this, like it's my fault or something. I don't know. But what I can say is that regardless of everything that's happened, it has pushed me in a direction that I'm called to be in. So maybe that is why, you know, even still feels so unfair. Like, you know nobody else has to go through this you know I don't know but I don't know maybe it's a way to teach me to be very very grateful for everything I'm given and not to complain I don't know but um we'll see